Indeed, he is the sum total of all beauty. 
his forearms and exquisitely beautiful face with eyes like lotus petals, a beautifully high, a beautiful highly raised nose, a mind attracting smile, a beautiful forehead, and equally beautiful and fully decorated ears. Well, we have the purple and our coaching After the scorching heat of the summer season, it is very pleasing to see dark clouds in the sky as confirmed in Brahma Samhita. Bahava Tamsam Asan Kabula Sankaram. The Lord wears a paper feather in his hair, and his body complexion is just like a lightest cloud. The word Sundara or Sita means very pleasing. Krishna's beauty is so pleasing that not even millions upon millions of cupids can compare to it. <coughs> the Lord's form as Vishnu is decorated in all documents. Therefore, what Shiva is trying to see that most often form of Narayan or Vishnu. Generally, the worship of the Lord begins with the worship of Narayan or Vishnu, whereas the worship of Lord Krishna and Radha is most confidential. Lord Narayan is worshipable by the Panchamashrika Vidhi or regulated principles, whereas Lord Krishna is worshipable by the Bhagavad Vidhi. No one can worship the Lord in the Bhagavad Vidhi without going through the regulations of the Panchamashrika Vidhi. Actually, neophyte devotees worship the Lord according to the Panchamashrika Vidhi or the regulated principles enjoined in the Narada Panchamashra. Radha Krishna cannot be approached by the neophyte devotees. Therefore, temple worship according to the regulated principle is offered to Lakshmi Narayan. Although they may be Radha Krishna Vigraha or form, the worship of the neophyte devotees is acceptable as Lakshmi Narayan worship. Worship according to the Panchamatra is called Vidimala, and worship according to the Bhagavati principle is called Raghamala. The principles of Ramal are especially for the boys who are elevated to the Vrindavan platform. The inhabitants of Vrindavan, the gopis, Mani, Shoda, Nathamaraj, the Kahikos, the Kalanimun elves, are actually on Ramal or Bhagavad platform. They participate in five basic lessons, Dasya, Sakya, Rasali, Madhuri, and Shanta. But although these five lessons are found in the Balzak Mahan, the Bhagavad is especially meant for Vatsalya and Madhurya, or paternal and parental relationships. Yet, there is the Vipralamba Sakya, the higher paternal worship of the Lord, especially enjoyed by the Kamali boys. Although there is friendship between Krishna and the Kamali boys, this friendship is different from aspired friendship between Krishna and Arjuna. When Arjuna saw the wish for Rupa, he the gigantic form of the Lord, he was afraid for having treated Krishna as an ordinary friend. Therefore, he begged Krishna's pardon. However, the hard boys who are friends of Krishna and Vrindavan sometimes are the souls of Krishna. They treat Krishna equally, just as they treat one another, and they are never afraid of him, nor do they ever beg his pardon. Thus, the Lord Mark or Bhagavad Mark friendship exists on a higher platform of Krishna, namely the platform of Vipalanda friendship. Paternal friendship, paternal service, and conjugal service are visible in the Vindavan and Ravamak relationships. Without serving Krishna according to the Vidhi Mahaprabhu principles of the Panchamatrika Vidhi, unscrupulous persons want to jump immediately to the Ravamak principles. 
such persons like Paul Sahaja. There are also demons who enjoy depicting Krishna and his pastimes with the gopis, taking advantage of Krishna by that licentious character. These demons who print books and write loads on the Ramabhav principles are surely on the way to hell. Unfortunately, they lead others down with them. The body of Krishna consciousness should be very careful to avoid such demons. One should strictly follow the really Mahabharata principles of the worship of Lakshmi although the Lord is present in the temple as Radha Krishna. Radha Krishna includes Lakshmi Therefore, when one worships the Lord according to the Rivet principles, the Lord accepts the service in the role of Lakshmi devotion, In the next of devotion, full instructions are given about the really Mahabharata of Radha Krishna or Lakshmi Although there are 64 kinds of offenses one can commit in Vidhi worship, in Ragamag worship there is no consideration of such offenses because the devotees on that platform are very much elevated. And there is no question of offense. But if you do not follow the regular principles of the Vidhi platform keep our eyes trained to spot offenses, we will not make progress. In his description of Krishna's beauty, God Shiva uses the word indicating the beautiful four-armed form of Narayana or Vishnu. Those who worship Lord Krishna describe him as Sujata Chiranam. In the Vishnu Tattva, there are hundreds and thousands and millions of forms of the Supreme Lord, but of all these forms, the form of Krishna is the most beautiful. As for those who worship Krishna, the word Sujata Chiranam is used. The four Arms of the Lord Vishnu have different purposes. The hands holding lotus flying conch shell are meant for the devotees, whereas the other two hands holding discs and lace or club are meant for the demons. Actually, all of the Lord's arms are auspicious, whether they are holding conch shell and flowers or clubs and discs. The demons killed by Lord Vishnu's chakras and club are elevated to the spiritual world, just like the devotees who are protected by the hands holding the lotus flying conch shell. However, the demons who are elevated to the spiritual world are situated in the impersonal Brahman cultures, whereas the devotees are allowed to enter into the vacant planets. Those who are devoted to the Lord Krishna are immediately elevated to the Goloka planet. The Lord's beauty is compared to rainfall because when rain falls in the rainy season, it becomes more and more pleasing to the people. After the scorching heat of the summer season, the people enjoy the rainy season very much. Indeed, they even come out of their doors in the villages and enjoy the rainfall directly. Thus, the Lord's body features are compared to the clouds of the rainy season. The devotees enjoy the Lord's beauty because it is a collection of all kinds of beauties. Therefore, the word Samasundara Sandraham is used. No one can say that the body of the Lord is wanting in beautiful parts. It is completely Purnam. Everything is complete. God's creation, God's beauty, and God's body features. All these are so complete that one's desires can become fully satisfied when one sees the future of the world. The word Sarah Sundarayan indicates that there are different types of beauties in the, of beauties in the material and spiritual worlds, and that the Lord contains all of them. Both materialists and spiritualists can enjoy the beach of the world. Because the Supreme Lord attracts everyone, including demons and devotees, materialists and spirituals, he is called Krishna. Similarly, his devotees also attract everyone, as 
mentioned in the second Swami Stotra, Dira Dira Dhanapriya, the Goswamis are equally due to the Dira devotees and Dhanapriya, sorry, the devotees and Adira demons. The Lord was not very pleasing to the demons when he was present in Vrindavan, but the six Goswamis were pleasing to the demons when they were present in Vrindavan. That is the beauty of the Lord's dealing with his devotees. Sometimes the Lord gives more credit to his devotees than he takes for himself. For instance, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, Lord Krishna fought simply by giving directions. <coughs> Yet it was Arjuna who took the credit for fighting. You, O Sashi Arjuna, can be but an instrument in the fight. Everything was arranged by the Lord, but the credit of victory was given to Arjuna. Similarly, the Krishna consciousness movement, everything is happening according to the predictions of Lord Chaitanya. But the credit goes to Lord Chaitanya's sincere servants. Thus, the Lord is described here in Sarah Sundaria Sandaram. Thank you. 
the initial platform. So one may be, it's expected one may be a, an ancestor, one may be a great yogi or yogi, but even simply by uh, trying to study the Vedanta literatures or performing all sorts of penances, it is very difficult to try to understand the Lord. And it is actually by the mercy of the Supreme Lord and His mercy coming through His devotees that we're able to understand Krishna's form, Krishna's beauty, and Krishna's pastimes. So we might not necessarily have performed many uh, penances or austerities or yagyas according to Vedic standards, but because we are engaging in the or trying to engage in pure bhakti under the guidance of a pure devotee, Shafarpa, uh, we're able to slowly understand the nature uh, and the beauty of Krishna. So in the translation, we hear how Krishna's body features listen and we are the sum total of beauty. So everything from Krishna's eyes, the description of his beautiful forehead, his beautiful lotus eyes, his ears, um, seldom do we find in the material creation when someone's beauty is being described. Rarely have I heard a description about their ears, let alone their forehead, as to how attractive it is, how beautiful it is, their beautiful teeth. So with Krishna's beauty, every single aspect of his transcendental body is attractive. And in the Bhagavad Samhita, uh, there's more detail about Krishna's um, bodily beauty, his fingernail, the navel, his neck, uh, the limbs on Krishna's body, his beautiful hair, his cheeks, his lips. So there are full descriptions of Krishna's uh, bodily beauty. And when one reads these descriptions, uh, one becomes attracted, becomes attracted to the form of Krishna. And that's his name, all attractive means. Um, every entity becomes attracted to the Lord. The first time I had description, I read about the uh, Lord's beautiful form in his original form. Um, I used to think, oh, can someone actually be this beautiful? Can someone have the perfect fingernails, toenails, and, and smile, and cheeks, and ears? I'm like, this is a little bit far out. <laughs> this is a little bit too much. But once you hear the description, when you meditate on that form of the Lord, even when you look at the deity form of Krishna, one begins to develop an attraction because the description of Krishna for me at least, uh, is something that I've never heard or read anywhere. In many texts that speak about God, I have never heard of a full descriptive um, uh, uh, explanation of the form of the Lord. Uh, it's also the thing I ever came up to was an old man that year. This wasn't even that attractive, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, when we hear about Krishna's beauty, definitely one becomes attracted to that beauty and the personality that is able to carry like, all these beautiful aspects of the body. I was contrasting this beauty of 
Krishna, the supreme controller, the enjoyer. I was contrasting that beauty to the so-called um, bodily beauty standards that we live in at the moment in Kaliyuga. It's always a humbling affair when we try to see it, the standard of beauty. And I was thinking of this, how beauty these days is very, very artificial and it is harmful actually to oneself. One may enhance one's beauty using uh, powders and creams, uh, whatever you may get a hold of, but we've advanced so much in Kaliuga that we're able to inject things into our bodies to try to enhance the beauty. And it is, it's a very dangerous industry. I've seen persons who have gone through procedures and I cannot recognize what was once their God-given beauty. Like there's different procedures that I've done. I have a friend who has had uh, their chin filed because they want a very narrow face. Um, one who has done rhinoplasty. This is when they make your nose perfect. Right? They don't want to see that bent shape or that the bridge is too bumpy, so they file it down. So as I was reading Krishna's description of how beauty his face is, I was thinking the dangerous ways, uh, the methods people go through to try to achieve this perfection. It is, it is extremely dangerous to be sedated and to have someone file your skull away. Right? And these, when you come out of it, you're swollen, it's painful, and sometimes it does not work. And some people have completely lost their noses. Now they're using rubber to, to cover up the mess that the doctors have made. Or injecting things onto their face to preserve the, the youthful luster. Or what ends up happening is that there is no expression on the face, or there is only one expression on the face. Right? If the eyebrows are all the way up there, Every single expression we have is, is shock. Whether you're happy, you're sad, it's the same. Right? Or you have a very artificial face, and it's very, very clear to see. And this is because we, we want to preserve the, the youth or the beauty of the body. Not understanding that unlike Krishna's body, that is always such an another. This material body that we conditioned souls have is not such a We have our spiritual form, yes, but in the material world, this form is meant to go through changes, and Krishna's body does not go through the same changes. We have six changes, and they are meant to happen because this body is not permanent. This world we live in is very temporary, and so are our bodies, so we're meant to make transitions, we're meant to, at the point of death, change our bodies and go to another destination to try to perfect our life, to try to be uh, Krishna conscious beings and go to our original uh, position. So Krishna's beauty surpasses all. Really. If we read this purport, Krishna's beauty is so pleasing that not even millions upon millions of truth can compare to it. 
So it is in this way that Lord Shiva is experiencing the purchases, the beauty of the personality of Krishna. Or to speak of the personality of Krishna, even in the Vishnu, uh, the Narayan forms, even in the four-handed forms, the different four-handed forms that are out there, they are also they also possess striking beauty. When um, when Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita in the eleventh chapter, Arjuna is trying to um, understand the instructions given by Krishna, and Krishna gradually instructs him on different yogas. Uh, he gives him different types of knowledge, and Krishna at some point decides to show Arjuna his universal form because Arjuna has asked, may I see this form of yours in the material by which you are controlling everything? And this is all to try to get Arjuna to take the glory in the fight. At the end of this proper Prabhupada mentions the verse, you also have said you can be but an instrument in the fight. So the Lord, of course, took part in the battlefield of Kurukshetra just by becoming a charioteer, but it were the Pandavas, the uh, main Arjuna, who actually um, achieved success. And Krishna was trying to show Arjuna that whether you fight or not, um, this battle has already been won. I want you to take the glory for having fought in this battle. So by Revealing the universal form and, and giving Arjuna the eyes to see this universal form, which is the material form. Um, Arjuna was able to see um, Krishna in all completeness. So Krishna is that all Purana Purana He is that all, that manifestation of completeness. Even while seeing his material form, um, after seeing that universal form, seeing all the millions of hands and the suns and all the armies rushing in, being destroyed by time, and all these horrific forms that um, Arjuna was able to see, uh, was not pleasing, not as pleasing to Arjuna. So Arjuna then asked the Lord to see a different form. A much more pleasing form. So the Lord revealed his divine form, the form that is holding a cloud, this mace and lotus. And even after that, that form is also attractive. Um, even after seeing that form, Arjuna wanted to see the original two handed form, which is the most pleasing form for Arjuna in the relationship he had with Krishna. So even from that point of view, there are different forms of the Lord that carry different amounts of pleasure for the devotee. So Arjuna had seen the uh, four-handed form, had seen the universal form, but the most pleasing form for Arjuna was the two-handed form, his original, um, um, his original two-handed form. So this was the most attractive form, even for, for us, I do not know, in comparison, I have never seen the universal form. Did anyone ever see it? Um, you're very But even when we look at Radha Vallabha, we look at Gauri Thai, these forms are very attractive. And they worship, as Prabhupada mentions, 
um, in the purport that we worship uh, our Radha and Krishna in the according to the regulative principles of Panchalajaka Vidhi in the mood of Lakshmi and Narayan. So we're still developing our bhakti, we're still learning how not to commit offenses. So we are not entirely on the spontaneous platform like the residents of the town who worship Radha and Krishna directly. So we are still uh, learning under the guidance of the Narada Kancharatra. So we um, approach Radha Krishna in the mood of all reverence, how we offer them service every single morning, and hopefully by following the footsteps of Arizona Vrindavan, like Shakarapad, we gradually develop the qualification to enter into that um, So by, by taking on this worship at our neophyte level, we're able to get cleansed and purified, to be able to have our eyes open to service so we can really see the beauty of the Lord. And sometimes we may take it for granted, we may just see, oh, let's do sliding, Krishna. I see them every day, they're great. Um, if you read a Krishna book, um, every single day for eternity, the residents of Vrindavan still get stamped by the beauty of Krishna every single day for eternity. So when Krishna, when it is, is, is it's nearing um, uh, dusk and when the cows come home and the cowhead boys are coming, everyone is lining up on the street just to catch a glimpse of Krishna. Not even to go and shake his hand and give him a hug, how's it going, how's it going? Just because he glimpse of Krishna. That's how attractive his form is. So that is what we are, our entire life is trying to get us to that point where our vision can become purified so we can really start to see Krishna. And just like it was by Krishna's mercy that Arjuna was given the divine eyes to even behold the universal form, what you speak of to see the original transcendental form of the Lord. We need Krishna's mercy for that as well. When we are sufficiently purified, when we are sufficiently, uh, when we have sufficiently de dealt with our lust and the greed, delusion, our main attraction to this material world. When that has been cleaned off and purified, we may be able to appreciate the form of the world even in the deity form. So it was a very long purport. I'll try to uh, have it as much as I can in the purport. So although sometimes we think we're reading in the Bhagavatam, um, we're reading here that the Krishnas are going to perform sacrifices. They're meditating under the water. Later on, we hear different personalities. They're also performing a thousand years yajna or ten thousand years. So a lot of times we read about 
how the devotees are performing so much sacrifices and penances to rid themselves of their lower nature or tendencies so that they can approach or see or hear Krishna. We might think we haven't really performed much sacrifice or penance. We're just eating, we just had our Janastin in Yesterday, We just had festivals and we eat and dance. It's not really that austere. We may fast for the whole day before we accomplish it. It's not that austere. Are we really making progress? A Prabhupada always explains that those who engage in rendering devotional service unto Krishna actually understood they have performed all the sacrifices recommended in the Vedas. Was within the program that Srila Prabhupada um, has designed. Shravan, Kirtan, Vishnu, Sarana, Arshan, Bandhan, Saitan. But in Vedanam, within the morning program, we have these nine processes of bhakti. So every day we try to perform them, even if we are doing our program at home. We try to perform these activities which are directly aimed to please the Lord. And by this way, this is our sacrifice. We're sacrificing our tongue, we're sacrificing our entire body, our ears, our eyes, our senses. We're engaging them in the fire of devotional service. And by using the same body that binds us to the material world, uh, that same body can um, elevate us back to the spiritual world. So our senses do get purified. But sometimes after a few years of practicing, you might think nothing is happening. I'm still the same person. I'm not getting transcendent all. My body is giving me issues. But if we look back at how we were before chanting Hare Krishna, we look back at our activity. What were we eating? What were we listening to? What were we doing with our time? That's where you will see how we have transformed, how we process is transforming our activities. And we're not intoxicating ourselves, we're not um, eating foul things, putting foul things into our body. We are chanting Hare Krishna, we're hearing about Krishna almost on a daily basis. We're eating Krishna's prasadam, we're smelling his garlands, wearing his garlands. We're smelling his incense, we're using our eyes to see the deity form. So these are powerful ways to bring us closer to Krishna. Because at the point of death, what may happen, what will happen, we will often go through it, what will happen is our senses are going to start to go one by one. Our sense of touch, our sense of sight will go. The first sight, the first sense that is activated in the womb is our hearing. Maybe start hearing in the womb very, very early on. And generally, statistically, the first sense to go is our is our hearing. When we're dying. So you can imagine so many things are happening in our body, and the Bhagavad time is explaining the body is feeling hot, it's cold, it's shaking. It's nauseous, and then your 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 sight and your your hearing goes. Can you imagine being in that state? You can't see, you can't hear. What are you left with to remember Krishna? 
What wonder and truth. You can't hear yourself chant. You can't physically see the form of the Lord. Now I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I was thinking, our entire Christian conscious career, we're trying to make sure we have enough sound coming in and vision of Krishna, his form, his devotees, everything. And it is going back into our mind. But we're taking in all the images, we're taking in all the sound, and when everything shuts down, we have to activate our consciousness and mind. And what have we been filling it with all these years? The more Krishna, the more we fill our mind and our consciousness with Krishna, the more we'll be able to remember him when everything shuts down. So when we're left with no hearing and no sight, we can still use our minds to, to see Krishna. We can still use our minds to hear the kirtan and to chant. But so many times people are dropping in and out of consciousness when they're exiting the body. So how we can be there for them by externally chanting for them or assisting them. But at the end of the day, because we're going to fly our own plane, we need to train our mind to think of Krishna. So when the time comes, when our senses leave us, we can still remember Krishna. We can still see Krishna with our mind, with our consciousness. So it doesn't really matter, even if we cannot hear or see, we can use our minds, we can use our consciousness to hear and remember and to see Krishna. And sometimes that is what I do when I'm at work or whatever I am. I try, in the middle of the day, I try to remember what Krishna is wearing. I try to remember, oh, what's he wearing today? It's disappointing because a lot of the times I can't remember. And I was just there two hours ago. How can I not remember what Krishna is doing? And I keep trying and trying. Eventually it pops in after an hour or two. Oh yes, Krishna is wearing this outfit. So we can use our mind to try to saturate ourselves with faults of Krishna. So the next part of the purport This is the way the Lord blesses his devotee. 
Right after the Lord touched Martin's head with the conch, he was able to offer suitable prayers. He was able to speak because before then he was um, he was unable to think of the right things to say. Yet after the Lord blessed him, he was able to um, eloquently um, uh, praise the Lord and offer suitable uh, prayers. So Prabhupada explains after this that even though the Lord uses the club and we diss on the on the demons, that is also a blessing to them. For the devotee, of course, uh, they get blessed into entering the Kuta planets, but for the demons they, they go into Krishna's impersonal Brahmani fountains. So in, in both Circumstances, we could say both of the entities are elevated. So we go from being a conditioned state, then one goes to the impersonal Brahman, and the other goes to the um, Brahmani fountains. So Krishna, although seemingly punishing the miscreants, is also giving them uh, blessings when he uses his um, plug or the mace you chop off their heads or whatever it may be at the time. So this is, the Lord is always there ready to protect his devotees, ready to defend his devotees. Many times in spiritual circles, people have a problem with the Bhagavad Gita and the fact that there was a lot of violence. I know, why, why is this book spoken on a battlefield? And couldn't you just peacefully negotiate? But and that is there in the in the art of negotiation maybe, yes, you do try to negotiate, but if if that doesn't work, then it's a action. But there are rules of engagement which is very different from now. Um, Krishna himself went as a messenger to try to appease the other side, to try to make them see, uh, have clarity that what they were doing was wrong and they should just give back the kingdom and everyone can go back to their normal way of living, but that didn't work. And just because one chants Hare Krishna or one is a spiritual seeker, it doesn't mean that we should not defend ourselves when we're under attack. And so the Pandavas and Krishna being on their side were victorious because they were fighting for a higher cause and for a higher reason. Of course, the Bhagavad Gita was meant to be spoken. It was to show that Dharma will always, in many circumstances, Dharma prevails. Right? It may have been an atrocious war, many persons had died, and they were elevated because they were fighting a religious battle. It wasn't a political battle over Brexit or oil or whatever was that they fought over these years. It wasn't a, a, an egotistical war in the sense that one leader wants to drill some oil pipes in the Middle East, therefore let's drop atom bombs on let's invade countries. So the rules of, of battle during the daily fight, then at night you die. And they would see each other in the evening, and at that time, okay, battle. We're not on the battlefield, and that's why sometimes we'll be conversing, still trying to negotiate. 
But when it was on the battlefield, Eli and the other enemy. And even during the day, you were still enemies, but you respected the rules of the battle. The persons were of a different caliber altogether. The wars were fought on higher grounds. And when Christian was there, of course, there was heavy influence because he is the supreme being. He knew what the outcome was going to be. And he urged his devotees um, to take credit for the war, to fight under his guidance. And through that entire battle, he could hear the philosophy of how to reach Krishna, how to know Krishna. We got to know who Krishna was because of the dialogue that happened between Krishna and Arjuna. So much more focus is being put at the end of this purpose on, um, once again, the beautiful form of the Lord. The Lord's beauty is compared to rainfall because when the rain falls in the rainy season, it becomes more and more pleasing to the people. That's the body. The Lord's body features are compared to the clouds of the rainy season. The devotees enjoy the Lord's beauty because it is a collection of all kinds of beauties. That line is it's a very powerful statement. The Lord's beauty is a collection of all forms, all kinds of beauties. But there are songs that are written by uh, Narjan Das Thakur, uh, different uh, devotees that are just glorifying Krishna's, Krishna's body, Krishna's limbs. In a very poetic, um, beautiful way. How Krishna's body is bending three places, the three lines around his neck. His curly wavy hair, which is as black as a linen, his shark shaped earrings, his uh, pinkish red lips. Those very, very detailed and descriptive forms in here. Prabhupada mentioned that it is uh, a collection of all kinds of beauties. Everything on the transcendental body is attractive and hence we call Krishna, we all attractive. And steals the mind, steals the eyes, steals everything. You become stunned. I'm currently reading a book, Bhaktivar Sanjitsunu, and um, a commentary by different um, acharyas. And when when the animals, inanimate beings, the stones, the rock. When they see Krishna, when they smell Krishna, they become animate. That is how powerful Krishna's form is, that it forces, it forces attraction on the, the person who, who gazes upon it. When we, we hear Krishna's ankle bells or we hear his flute, even the flute in the, in the spiritual world, of course, there's a description of Krishna's flute. Everything there is conscious. How the flute even starts to quiver, how they converse with one another about the great fortune of being so close to the chest of um, Krishna. Because he is such an attractive personality. Now, for us, as Prabhupada states that. In order for us to reach that platform, we're going through this Panchavatika Vidhi of worshipping Radha Krishna in the mood of Lakshmi and Ryan. 
Because anything premature to that might make us sentimentalists. Right? And that is rampant these days. Anyone, many people have come and said they are Vishnu or they are this, and they, they get followers, and their activities are less than pure and auspicious. Right? We are, we are following the guidance of Prabhupada and these uh, Pancharatrika Vidya, which helps us understand Krishna in, in his completeness. So we go through the agency of that awe and reverence, uh, learning how not to commit offenses by following the rules and regulations of deity worship, reciting prayers, performing action, all these things are meant to purify us so that once the purification is in full and it's intact, we're able to uh, naturally and by the mercy of the Lord and the Parampara, we're able to enter into Radha, the spontaneous platform of worshiping Radha Krishna and everything. That it's not something that happens overnight. This is a it's a process based on the mercy of the Lord. Actually, it's not that we wake up one day by our own efforts, our only our endeavor that we're able to rise to that platform. It is by the the mercy of the Lord that we'll be able to jump onto this. Platform. So anyone can enjoy the beauty of the Lord. Many persons came over to Mastery, they saw the deities. And honestly, the many times I've done programs with different schools, whenever they come, you know, I explain to them the history of the temple, I show them around our rooms. As soon as we come into the temple, what they are amazed, of course they're amazed by Shri Prabhupada, they think he's actually he's still there. They think, who is that man standing still this entire time? Like, yeah, he's kind of big, he's not. From that sense, he's more people, we remember him every day, but he's not real, but he actually is. Um, and when they turn and they see the deity, they cannot take their eyes off. They, they are amazed that there's so much care and attention in their life life. They feel like someone is looking at them. Right, so anyone can come and enjoy the beauty of the Lord and get purified in the process and become attracted to uh, a part of the process. They might come attracted to chanting or to the prasadam, but that is okay if it begins step to becoming fully attracted to Krishna. Just by hearing the Lord Shiva explaining the Pacheta the beauty of Krishna and then becoming attracted to the Krishna. Then they'll want to hear more about this. What are, what are the Krishna's attributes? What is his personality? What does he do with his devotees? And then like that, one becomes more and more attracted to Krishna and less and less attracted to the flickering happiness of material existence and material beauty. So when, when Krishna explains to Arjuna his universal form, even the different form, uh, Krishna says, Naham varena tapasa, nadanena chejaya, shaksa evan vidudrasum, vrishtavan ashimam yataha. The form which you are seeing with your transcendental eyes cannot be understood simply by studying the Vedas, nor by undergoing serious penances, nor by charity or by worship. It is not by these means that 
One can see me as I am. My dear Arjuna, only by an undivided devotional service can I be understood as I am standing before you and confess be seen directly. Only in this way can you enter into the mysteries of my understanding. So this is quite straightforward. It is a mystery when you're trying to understand Krishna, why he does what he does, how the Supreme Being is his original form is a little cowhead boy in Vrindavan. This, this one point baffles a lot of persons. How can the call of everything's original form be a little boy, no bigger than him, just playing with his friends? So in order to try to understand that, we have to go through an entire process of understanding his tattva and rasa and all his leaders. Then we'll appreciate him. So it says not entirely, just because one may be basically astute in terms of literature, knowing shastras, knowing texts, or performing penances, that alone does not guarantee that one may understand Krishna. That's why even the Prachetas, Lord Shiva understood who they were and that they were coming in a line of great souls of devotees of Krishna. He wanted them to also have the same path and have the same uh, benefit, right? Initially, the predecessor, Guru Maharaj, wanted a kingdom greater than uh, Lord Brahma's. Right? He said he asked, he was asking for broken pieces of glass, and in the end, what he got was something that was priceless. He got love of God. So similarly, the potatoes were there to perform penance and austerity, but Lord Shiva's kingdom knowledge of the Lord, and they're going to perform their ceremonies and offer prayers to the Lord simultaneously. So without adding bhakti to these processes, they do not yield much eternal success, but by adding a bhakti process, worshipping the Lord through prayer, offering bona fide prayers um, under the guidance of their spiritual master, you could say, Lord Shiva, um, they were able to make spiritual advancement and become attractive to the Lord. Krishna further says, My dear Arjuna, one who is engaged in my pure devotional service, free from contamination of previous activities and from mental speculation, who is referring to a living entity, certainly comes to me. So we have to be free from all sorts of contamination and also try to be friendly to the fallen conditioned souls. And because I was thinking the other day, sometimes it is very, very difficult to see everybody, especially when they're in highly ignorant states, to see everyone as Krishna's children. To see everyone Nandivodi, whatever they may be, they are also parts and parcels of Krishna, just like we are. And at some point, we were also in that state of, well, it's ours in that state of forgetfulness of Krishna. So when we see such persons who still really don't have much understanding of Krishna or understanding of who they are, Mavis Bhavjati, when they do it, it's not done. Like seeing themselves, um, as 
Mindy Khan Apostles of Krishna, sometimes very difficult to be kind or merciful that we could think of as such a nuisance, why are they here, etc. But it is our responsibility to try to open their eyes by giving them some Krishna consciousness because we were also in that position not long ago. So we have to be empathetic towards them. Not that we um, we take on their characteristics. No, we expose them to some form of Krishna and hope that they become attracted somehow. Because as I said there, they are also parts and possible of Krishna. We try to avoid the envious, of course, we do not want unnecessary drama. But those who are not envious, those who are just ignorant in their ways and who don't know much, we can try to attract them to the process, like the salad or the holy name or some form of art, whatever it may be, it can bring them to Krishna. Your beauty is like extraordinary. 
very much about all those, the things which we are using Yeah, do you see many foundries in the past time of the past times of Shannon um, and Martin Dastakor during the time where they were compiling the the Bhakti literatures and Shamana Pandit had darshan of I'm not sure for the Lalito Yishaka Saikin. It explains how even if you think of it in the sense of this is just uh, one of the companions of the Lord, it's not even the Lord himself. Her effulgence was so great, it was very, very difficult to see her. I think it was Yishaka. I think it was Like, even just getting her darshan, um, Shamananda Pandit had, had to get some mercy from her to see because she was just exquisitely beautiful. And this is a devotion of the Lord to speak of the Lord Himself, how attractive this personality is. And it's ever increasing. Where is it ever increasing?